Welcome to Over Here. My name's Nick Finzer, and this is another episode featuring two extremely different artists, but that both have something in common. They play the drums. And we're going to talk today with Alan Mednard and Chris Teal about jazz education, their experience, and some thoughts moving forward about whether you should attend jazz school or music school and what you should do after you finish up your studies. First, we're going to talk with Chris Teal. Chris is a great friend of mine. He helped to start the Institute for Creative Music, a nonprofit that him and I started back in 2011. It's been almost six years, and we've done a lot of jazz education workshops and tours, and right now we're working on a bunch of jazz improvisation and instrument-specific courses that are up online at our website, instituteforcreativemusic.com, so you can go and check those there. Or you can check the personal sites of Chris Teal or my site, and you can kind of see some links to these courses. We're creating resources so that people can learn to play jazz and improvise no matter their level and wherever they're at. So I wanted to talk to Chris because he's developed a really large passion for music education and trying to formulate a new way other than the way that maybe we learned coming up and trying to improve on the learning process and allowing anyone and everyone to be included. We want jazz and creative music to be an inclusive learning process. We want to be inclusive music. We want anyone to be able to listen to it and want to learn to play it. And I think that uh, the more people that understand it, the larger the audience is going to be. And everyone benefits from that. Not only the musicians, but the people understanding the music more. And just having a general level of education about music, I think really will enhance, you know, the scene it will enhance people's perception of concerts maybe they'll go to more concerts and i think overall education is the is a is a key to uh improving society i think without further ado i want to introduce chris teal and we'll get into a whole bunch of topics relating to learning how we learn and uh how he came to where he is today and uh, so please enjoy sure. this conversation. With uh, my Chris name is Teal. Chris Teal. I am originally from Spokane, Washington, which is not anywhere near Seattle. Uh, so it doesn't doesn't really rain uh, in, in that, that sort of sense. But uh, I, let's see, grew up, both my parents are musicians and music teachers. And uh, I was exposed to a lot of music through them and heard heard a lot of jazz, um, but didn't, didn't really start playing jazz until I had uh, a drum set instructor, um, probably in, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13, and went through high school, played in some some groups, uh, met a lot of really, really cool guys, and uh, played in different types of bands, and went to a bunch of different places for my undergrad, um, and I took a couple years off, and then did my master's degree at the Eastman School in Rochester. And lived there for, I guess, seven years after graduating. And I just recently moved to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where um, I'm living and uh, doing some teaching at the university there and through the their community music school. Awesome. And so when did you know that you felt like you were going to pursue a career in music and actually like get a degree from a college? I remember talking with with my parents about it. Probably, gosh, I don't know, maybe even like sophomore year of high school, because I'd always kind of been—I don't know whether it's like 
tracking myself towards that or just by you know the the activities or things that sort of switch over from you know like junior high to high school like going from doing doing sports and you know basketball on track and things like that because because everybody's doing it to kind of having to put more focus on you know my outside of school time and, and that that meant focusing more on um, practicing drums and percussion I was also playing uh, piano and taking private lessons and also like studying marimba and more classical percussion up to that point but I think it was probably when I switched from junior high to high school um, my sophomore year and got got involved with a good good jazz band at high school and um, yeah some some older students uh, that I was able to play with who were also sort of going that direction and uh, yeah kind of just between between them and between talking with my parents and other um, musicians in town um, just got got on the on the idea that that's that's what was going on and ended up following yeah a good a good buddy of mine um, went to the University of Idaho and so I got to hang out there a little bit and uh, did my freshman year there and so got to continue and make some more connections and just sort of bounced around Spokane and uh, went to the community college for a year and finished up at Whitworth University there and just continued to yeah play and keep keep those relationships with actually a lot of a lot of players and musicians that I, I knew from from high school <clears throat> and so we kind of grew through that together so for you it wasn't necessarily like a school or a teacher it was that you wanted to pursue music and it just happened to be at those particular places or was there more to it um let's see I think I mean I, I was definitely aware of you know especially like the, the jazz schools and and the kind of you know players that were coming out of you know, high school, especially like on the um, on the West Coast, like we we would do festivals and things like that in high school with, you know, like Roosevelt and um, those uh, uh, high schools from Seattle, and so getting getting to hear the level of those players and and you know meeting and getting to know some of them and knowing like okay they're going to Manhattan they're going to um, you know New School or uh, NEC or things like that and and I think that to a certain degree degree by by hearing the level that they were at um it sort of like made me notice like okay you know i i know where i am i I think that i'll i'll be able to get more experience and you know also i can i can get into some of these schools around here and and grow with people who are more more at i guess my ability level um i'm trying to think i i guess i actually i did audition for a couple other like larger um schools like in in new york for undergrad and uh yeah ended up just just working out that you know staying kind of close to home um was was going to work out and i think that was in in some ways like a a good a good choice and i got to i got to play a lot more i think than if i would have gone you know or, or been accepted to some of those those other bigger schools um but i don't know it also i'm hard hard to say like if i had ended up doing doing that and getting you know totally out of my comfort level and studying with like a full-time teacher of, of drum set, which I never, never had, um, in undergrad was, you know, I would do percussion and, and drums, mostly like studying drum set outside of the the college curriculum or just through gigging or taking one-off lessons. And so it was never really like a full-time, uh, study thing at that, at that pace or at that point. Mm -hmm. And I've, sorry. <clears throat> Start that sentence again. Uh, That's right. 
and I just I guess I find it in- interesting to that that seems to be a common theme that you know for a lot of us that you know kind of either not necessarily like all for everyone staying close to home but just like that idea of like getting experience first before going and doing other things like seems yeah. to have really been beneficial for a lot of people mm-hmm. um so you did all of that you went and finished up at Whitworth and then mm-hmm. after that you didn't go straight on into your master's right there was some time in between yeah right i i let's see mostly like lived lived in spokane um for two years after <clears throat> graduating from whitworth and some of that was also again because you know a lot of the the folks that i had you know been, been gone through high school with like um you know mike frederick and you know great guitar player and also josh simon bass player multi-instrumentalist we'd been been playing together a lot and uh <clears throat> sort of ended up playing in, in Spokane with different bands, um, doing original music, you know, just writing and arranging stuff together. Um, but then also like, I think actually Josh, Josh had been doing cruise ships on and off for like, probably since almost like graduating high school, he'd been doing it for a bit. And so, um, all of us ended up going out and doing, doing some contracts, um, I guess a contract together. And then I, I played in show bands, um, and you know, the, the big band and, uh, you know, backing up singers and, uh, magicians and variety acts and things like that. And so that was, that was good. You know, that was, that was kind of like my first real wake up call going in there and being, you know, whatever, 20 years old and, um, not really having, having that type of, you know, you, you show up to the gig, you rehearse for an hour and like, you got to read these tunes down, know a lot of styles and also as, as a drummer in that sitting, like kind of, kind of lead the band, lead the tempos. And that was definitely something that I struggled with and, and kind of had to have, have my butt kicked and, and honestly just like get, you know, get, get threatened to be fired within the first week of doing that stuff. And <laughs> Whoa. yeah, learns, learn my capacity for like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm either gonna, you know, totally bow out of this and think that this isn't for me or you know, what I end up doing is just like practicing know whatever 12 hours a day and because they would they would have the, the the pit would like lower down under the stage of the ship and then they would get covered up and so mm-hmm. um the drums would be down there and at that time like i was able to just kind of go in anytime there weren't shows and you know just be in this this weird like claustrophobic space and just like you know learn these these show band charts um and uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of music I had never played before, and just trying to you know learn off the drum parts on the recording, and where like the charts were were kind of bad and didn't didn't really indicate you know what was musically going on, and, and it was also like playing along with the click track, but the click track was off from the like the backing track, mm-hmm. and nobody until probably like six weeks into my contract. Oh god! Um, so yeah, it was a lot of like like I suck, I suck, I suck, but I'm you know practicing and practicing and practicing and. Um, but then, you know, there was sort of this, this handicap that, that was thrown at me from, from that, that stand, standpoint, um, or listening to like two different tempos. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good like trial by fire and, you know, I, I definitely don't look back fondly on, on all of, all of those times there <laughs> with the show band, but yeah, especially like getting to play jazz with, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in those bands were, you know, recent college graduates from, you know, the New York schools and you know, University of Miami and just other pros who had been out forever. And so that was, that was good, you know, just to like play with kind of a, a different, different type of player. There were definitely like some great local pros, um, and 
and people around Spokane and in the inland Northwest. And so that was, that was great. But yeah, this was just sort of a different, um, scene to be playing with and then, you know, go back to Spokane and, and play and write, write more music and, and hang with those guys. Um, yeah. And it was, I mean, I was working, working different day jobs and stuff at the time too. So that was, I think also important to get some other real world experience and just interact with a lot of people who weren't musicians and, you know, like <laughs> work with, uh, ex-cons and stuff like that on on parole and i mean it was it was very interesting i definitely like it was it was a uh a good learning experience socially in that that part of my life just to get to meet a lot of different people from different backgrounds and different parts of the world and things mm -hmm. like that yeah so yeah you were getting lots of experience just kind of working and so what kind of led you to think that you wanted to even go back to school since you were working so much already? I think, um, I mean, I, I got to the point where, you know, having challenged myself with, with the cruise ship stuff and, and getting to meet some of those, you know, kind of people who were my age or like three to three or five or 10 years older that had gone and done, you know, some of the conservatory stuff for their master's degrees or just, you know, spent time, gigging and living in, you know, like larger, larger cities and things like that, that I wanted to you know, just push myself. Um, and yeah, go, go somewhere that was far from where I'd been before, even though I guess at least in like a living more permanently type of standpoint, cause the, you know, the cruise ships were kind of all over the place and usually just two or three month contracts. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, it was cool. And, um, uh, Mike Frederick and I both, both decided, um, to yeah, go to, go to Eastman at the same time. And so it was good to have have somebody that I knew, you know, go over there, move together and, and get to continue to play and kind of go through that, that experience at the same time. And, um, so that was good and just kind of get, you know, get, get our butts kicked in, in some different ways. And yeah, I think just, just build, grow, grow as, as, a, as an adult and, and just sort of have more of those responsibilities where, you know, you're, you're dealing with real life and, and, you know, living and different, different people and, and, and in a completely foreign city, you know, at, at least, you know, in, in an American sort of way. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, so, so what brought you guys to Eastman in particular? I'm just curious. Uh, well, Eastman was the only master's program I got into. So that was a big uh, selling point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I liked uh, a lot about, I mean, I was able to connect with, with Rich Thompson when I was there and hang a bit and um yeah I got a really good good feeling from talking with with him and um about you know what what he was doing with with his grad students and um yeah it was nice to get to chat and meet with with some of the other students actually um my my audition I got to play with uh Ziemba was the piano player in it mm -hmm. so that was that was really cool just to go in there and, and play with him and uh Jesse Brahaney, I think, was playing bass and I just, just feel like, oh, man, you know, I can come in and, and play with, you know, guys I've never met before. And it feels like, you know, we're listening to each other. We're, we're making music. And I mean, I think that's that's always something I think about, you know, as far as relationships, you know, playing wise and rehearsing wise with, you know, people like you and people like Chris and people like Mike. It's just like, you know, getting getting together and, and feel like everybody's kind of, you know, there and, and doesn't have like you know, presenting just their individual agenda. It's about, you know, making, making music. I think actually, um, I remember, uh, yeah, we were playing, you know, I brought in like a weird 
uh, range of tunes or something. So we were doing like Monk's Dream or something like that. And uh, Harold Danko stopped us after you know two or three courses. Like, okay, you know, let's let's we've we've gotten to enough factual music making, so we can be done with this. <laughs> so that was kind of you know good to see that you know the guys guys there had a good good sense of humor and it was it was supportive and um, yeah. So I think that that was just sort of a nice nice vibe even though it was you know just terrible snowstorm and slush and not <laughs> yeah you know the, the environment in rochester in february one of those audition days yeah. so so um now that and we're kind of looking back at all of all of the experiences that you had what do you tell students when they ask you but they say like oh i'm excited about music and maybe i want to go study you know what should i do where should i go mm -hmm. what's your uh what's your response to to those students um i guess it's it's complicated and and kind of you know it varies quite a bit <clears throat> as far as like if it's you know students that i've worked with and know you know really well like on a on a personal level about what what their their goals are what their strengths are and you know i i know a little bit about a lot of the different programs for for undergrad and and masters um just by like doing my own research and knowing people who've gone there um i mean i i feel like i i almost have a a hard time rec recommending places and not and not because um, you know, I don't think that it's a good idea, but just because I think that the, the financial situation has changed so much, um, even from like, you know, when we were in school, um, mm -hmm. just, just seeing, you know, the increase of, of tuition and things like that. And, and also, I mean, I, I feel like I've gotten a lot of just, just knowledge and, um, needed, needed to get myself to a place like after being in college or, or like those couple years in, be, in between undergrad and grad school where, you know, you, you have to kind of figure out like and motivate yourself and know what to practice that, you know, I, I almost wish that I had, you know, like put off going to even, even undergrad until, I don't know, I was like, you know, 25 or something like that. And, um, sort of been, been forced either, either through, like having a, a private teacher or, I mean, I'm, I certainly wasn't that motivated when I was, you know, even before I was like 28 or 30 to like put together a plan and, and really sit down and think, <clears throat> you know, this is, <clears throat> excuse me, what I want to get, you know, what I want to get better at. This is who I want to play with. This is how I'm going to do it. Um, and I think that some of that did, did definitely come through just having the experience of going to school and, and playing with people, not really having um, the, I don't know, I, I couldn't get introspective because I was doing a lot of that in school. Um, and so it's, I don't know, I, I, I struggle a little bit with, you know, recommending or kind of persuading students in, in high school to go to certain programs to study, um, mostly because of the, the monetary thing. And, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's, that's things that I've talked about with my high school students or even, people that I know who are going finishing like an undergrad program where a lot of times just because I don't know the way that undergrad works for a lot of folks is either they're getting you know, a good amount of help from their parents or maybe there's, there's just more scholarships available for those sort of programs that they're coming out of it with 
without really like a, a sense of like, okay, you know, I owe this, this much money or maybe they, they don't owe that much money. And so it's just more about like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, I've been in school, you know, pretty much straight since sixth grade. You know, the, the next logical thing to do is to go get a master's or get a DMA. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I do, I do struggle with, with that. I mean, just, just from a, um, you know, living, living in the world standpoint and being able to support yourself to say like, you know, that people should continue to go and, you know, invest whatever it is, you know, 80, 80 grand, um, over a two year period in like a master's degree. Um, cause I, I mean, I, I think that I got a ton, ton of experience out of that and certainly having the, the designation is, is helpful and having the degree. But I mean, like right now, the, the job that I have at the university, um, like, I don't, I don't necessarily know how much of that has to do with, you know, the fact, like the, the, cred, the credibility or, you know, I think that a lot of it is just based off of you know, meeting, meeting people, developing some of those skills and, um, you know, just traveling along, you know, also having taken the time to have a family. Like my, my wife is the one who, who brought us to Arkansas cause she, she you know, got a full-time tenure track job here. And so I'm like taking care of our kids and, and, you know, teaching whatever 20 hours a week and some, some stuff through the college. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's sort of hard to tell. I don't, I don't feel like I can really present a real like linear pathway to anybody. And mm -hmm. so that's, it's one of those things. I don't remember. This is probably, probably one of those nameless quotes that you and I have both read a million times, but where, you know, if people are asking for philosophical advice, like you give them a really concrete answer. So sort of flip the script. But if people are asking for like a step-by-step -step process, then give them like a philosophical answer. And mm -hmm. so it's sort of, to try and lead them back to some, some self-discovery. So it's, I guess, I guess I've trying, I've been trying to take, take that approach because honestly, when I, I feel like I've, I've given people, you know, kind of step-by-step -step advice as like, you know, this is what I've done. This is what I haven't done. Then people, it, it seems like they, they already knew what they wanted to do before they asked me and it doesn't really have a lot of bearing on it. And so it's, I guess, I sort of see myself like talking, talking to students who are in that mindset like I was when they're, you know, 17 or 18 or 24, 25 and, and sort of being like, you know, want to, want to shake them and be like, you don't understand. You have to <laughs> this and this and this. And yeah, it doesn't, doesn't relate to just this really linear trajectory of, you know, you gotta, gotta know what you want and be able to get the most out of it. And then, you know, it's absolutely worth the money, but it's also like, what are some alternatives? Like, do you, you know, are you going to go in there and be prepared to ask the right questions and, you know, have the time to be, be a person or just sort of like figure out, you know, what you want to do when, and, you know, I, I certainly don't have that figured out, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, I guess it comes back to the answer that it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, that's exactly why I've been trying to embark down this uh, conversation just because I feel like I have the same, like complicated feeling about it and yeah a complicated answer you know just like kind of very similar to what you described even though maybe my pathway wasn't quite as circuitous but it's, <laughs> you know it's just i feel the same way that it's so tenuous i suppose to to invest yeah. all that money into something that you don't necessarily have to do to actually play music yeah i feel like i i also didn't didn't really think understand that and um and things also have changed so much 
as far as, you know, the, the debt that you come out with, you know, like I, I think that I, I graduated my master's degree with like 60 grand worth of debt and also like didn't really understand the, the concept of, um, you know, like, okay, uh, you know, compound interest and things like that. And so mm-hmm. you understand deferring or you know getting a forbearance because you're trying to work and like gig and things like that and actually put put the the training that you have to use but then it's like two or three or four years later and you're like oh i just learned what compound interest is and like (laughs) crap i just you know threw another five grand down the grain and and just sort of having those sort of you know lifestyle wake-up calls and, and it's like okay you know now i'm you know in a long-term relationship and getting married and you know thinking about these other things and um, you know, now you're, you're kind of in the position where it, even, even more than, you know, like if ideally if you're in like a band or a professional relationship, you're, you're thinking about each other or like you're living with people, you know, you're, you're kind of, um, combining resources or things like that. But, uh, when you get into those, those sort of like longer commitments or you know, the idea of like moving somewhere with someone or, or having kids, it's like, you know, you're, you're your debt, you know, isn't just yours or like your time isn't just yours. And, you know, I definitely felt a lot of self-imposed pressure before having kids to think like, okay, you know, I, I need to figure out, you know, how to manage my time better. I need to get a, um, a real, uh, timeline on when these student loans are going to be paid back and and how that's going to happen. And yeah, I mean, just like, and that's, that's the other good thing about like having, um, you know, a good partner and collaborators that, you know, if, if that's working out, which it definitely, definitely is with, with me and my wife that, you know, you can have those talks about money and, and, you know, long-term things about, you know, kids or where you want to live and what you want to do to be, you know, fulfill your goals and, and like take time to work on them and, and just like think about them and change them. Um, that that was really important, but yeah, again, it's, it's, it's still just like an evolving process and, and, and now that, you know, having, having two young children and things like that, you just kind of realize more and more like, okay, you know, you really got to, you have to eliminate the things in life that, you know, are either, um, you know, detracting you from doing like that, that one or those two things, you know, over a six month period or, or every day or something like that, um, that, you know, just doesn't, doesn't matter to that. Cause there's a lot of things that when you're, you know, responsible for, for other people or your time is not your own. You can't, I mean, like, you know, as much as I'd, I'd want to go out and now you know, be, be playing six or seven nights a week. It's just like, you know, I, I, I think that I, I get more out of, you know, focusing and, and building up to specific projects or like, you know, what we do with the IFCM and, and things like that. I think that, you know, I'm able to invest emotionally and, and like my focus and practice and other things into one or two things. And a lot of that just comes from being able to like say no to other projects or, or certain teaching or stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of growing up and, uh, just like being able to have, have somebody to collaborate with and, um, you know, and, and other, other people, you know, like, like you and, and other folks, you know, just, just having, being of a like mind, um, and working on projects and having, having a direction and yeah, just like, like what you're saying, talking about stuff like this and putting, putting it out there so that it's not just, you know, an, an insular, you know, monologue that's going on inside your head or, or something like that, or, you know, just between two people. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's important for like, like what you're doing, putting all this stuff, stuff out there. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 
I appreciate your your openness and honesty with a lot of it, a lot of those details. You know, it's I think, I think a lot of it comes like, it's all kind of out of order to me. Like you, you you obtain all the debt before you know what it means. Right. Or even like even the knowledge that you get at the school, you're not like, you. I know like people told me the same thing over and over again, but it didn't really mean anything to me until much later. I was like, oh, oh yeah, that they I. They told me that about 20 times. I just never listened. <laughs> yeah. And I so. think that a lot of those are like lessons that I don't know, I, that it make it makes me wish that I had either like taken more classes outside of music or just sort of like learned some of these processes, wh- whether it was just like, you know, time management skills or, you know, money or 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 just, you know, the business thing, but like not even coming at it from like, okay, the business of music, but just like totally from, you know, this is the way that, you know, whatever these people who do computer science organize their time or just, just getting into, I mean, and, and some of that I think is, is just, you know, now that I've spent, spent a little bit more time doing things that aren't, aren't music and just like reading a lot and doing different books and, you know, like what we do having to have like a not-for-profit and, and learn from a lot of organizations that are not in music that, you know, that's, that's something I had wished I had dug into a little bit more earlier and, and just, just from like a, you know, non-musical standpoint. Cause I think that a lot of what we have to do, you know, as like people who play jazz or improvised music or stuff that is you know, like so abstract to 99% of the population that, you know, if, if we have something that's relatable to them or like something that's analogous, that that's, that's going to be so much more important than just associating on a very high level with, with our peers. Cause I mean, again, you know, there's more and more people graduating from music schools, but I mean, like we're, we're not going to just, just support each other. Like we have to be able to go out and, and relate, you know, improvise jazz at a high level and, and talk to people who have no idea about what that is, or even, you know, don't have musical experience, maybe beyond like, you know, singing nursery rhymes and not to say that there's anything wrong with that. People have, you know, a lot of different focuses and it's I think music in a social sense isn't as interactive as, as it was a long time ago. Um, because there's so much, so many other ways to kind of absorb our time or, or things to, kind of passively say yes to or let wash over us that we don't really like make music in a informal way. And so that saying like, Oh yeah, you know, just it's, it's, it's a blues. It's like this song you've heard on the radio. And and most people are like, I've never listened to the radio or like, you know, I've, I stream, you know, 20 seconds of songs on Spotify and you know, it's just not as, as relevant as, as it was when, you know, we were growing up and listening to, entire songs and entire albums and entire concerts. And and so I think that that's definitely something that I wish I had taken advantage of earlier in life is just like interacting with more, more people who weren't musicians and kind of getting a sense on like how they do what they do. And I think that's, that's something that is continually, I don't know, inspiring and influencing the way that I work and try to, you know, connect with other people in music now. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, so I just I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I'll just ask you one final question cool. here. Um, so looking back on all of these experiences that you've had and kind of thinking through these various paths and whatnot, I'm curious 
to know um, if you had any expectation before you went to school and and kind of if that expectation led to you doing anything afterward that you did not expect. Hmm. So let's see. I think. So, so I, I asked that question in a very bad way. So let me rephrase <laughs> the question. Okay. Um, so now af after having all these experiences with school, um, are you doing anything now that you never expected before you stepped foot in a jazz degree program? Um, I mean, I say that the biggest things would be that I didn't expect to be doing most most of my work like in a non well at least at least since moving out of Rochester um I didn't expect to be doing most of my work or earning most of my income not performing and so that's like you know by by teaching first and foremost is now how I you know make the majority of my income whether it's in person, you know, doing drum set or teaching jazz classes or teaching, you know, general audience courses at the university or like, you know, doing online, um, you know, drum coaching for, you know, Nate's 8020 drummer thing or, or like, like transcribing, like doing stuff that's kind of on a per hour freelance basis. I guess that actually, I mean, like it was that, that freelance component. I thought, you know, maybe expected like, okay, you know, I go to these, these concerts, I see these guys playing, they're playing in my city, you know, they must be, they're, they're touring, they're gigging all the time. It's like, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and, and it, you know, I'm going to be playing, you know, jazz and, you know, I, I probably worked and made a good majority of my, my income in Rochester, um, playing, uh, not jazz, I guess, or, or stuff that was like, weddings like background music um or uh rock and pop and things like that um and yeah and just doing things like that or or even like you know what what we put together with the ifcm like doing more i don't know thinking of it from a completely different angle like how can we go and you know take this this performance stuff or these originals or these people that were influenced by and the, the teaching strategies and go, go back to like people who are in high school and, and kind of like give, give them a taste of what we thought was really inspiring, you know, when we were at that age and, you know, try to be open and honest with them about, um, like the, our, our paths and like what you're saying, how it's, it's not, not always a circuitous thing. And, and just, you know, I, I, I guess that I thought, I thought of, performing as a jazz musician full full time you know as as being like okay this is what i was going to do either you know i would um gain the skills to be able to like market my own band or like be a sideman or or like go go tour with a big band or or something like that but some of it's just probably like the the naivete of um coming from an area that wasn't as um wasn't as large and realizing that you know, you move to larger cities and it's just more and more people that, you know, are, are trying to do the same thing that you are, which, um, but not necessarily knowing that, you know, the, maybe the, the jobs weren't there anymore, or even like, you know, getting a job teaching college, um, which I think was, was some of the impetus for going and getting a master's degree was like, okay, well, you know, I have, I have an undergrad degree. I can, I can play, you know, but I, I can't get a job teaching really without having a master's. And then, 
um, I know that I, I interviewed for a handful of things that weren't even, you know, like performance related, like, um, teaching music history seminars, like, which is, or appreciation, which is now what I'm, I'm doing. But I had this sort of chicken or the egg conversation with somebody who was, who, who is a jazz musician who was, was hiring for it and saying like, well, you know, um, you don't, don't have any experience doing this, but how are you going to get experience if somebody doesn't hire you in the first place? So it's just sort of like, I have this, this very narrow skill set on, on paper, but I think that, you know, just playing jazz and interacting and doing a lot of different things made me adaptable. And, you know, like what we've talked about a lot, just, just trying new things. And, and so I think that that's, that's sort of been, you know, what's, what's led me in being able to do a lot of different things and kind of piece together, you know, a supplemental income for my family mm-hmm. is to sort of being open to say like, okay, yep, I'm gonna, you know, I, I can see a lot of value in just learning how to, you know, teach, you know, general, you know, music fundamentals to 70, you know, college freshmen who really have, you know, very little musical experience. Like if I can go in and talk convincingly to, to that group, like then that's going to make, you know, working with abstract improvised drum set solos. And, you know, I think that there's, there's been benefit in, in doing these, these things or, you know, even, you know, it's something that I'll probably continue to do, but at the time viewing it as kind of like an experiment and saying like, okay, these are the, the, the skills I can gain from this and just being open to it as opposed to like, you know, I can only teach, you know, a, a jazz course or something or yeah, teach at a college level. Cause that was just, you know, definitely not, not going to happen. Um, so to sort of having the, the realization of like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to adapt, you know, I, I definitely want to say no to the things that I, you know, don't, don't find a lot of joy in these days and, you know, can afford to, to some degree because, you know, we, our cost of living here is, is low and, you know, we have good, good support from the jobs that both Kim and I have. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that it's, it's just the idea of, I didn't, I didn't know that I would have to be this flexible and adaptable and willing to just, you know, dig in and take like the skills I, I, learned even even just like the willingness to sit down and and work my butt off like i was doing in that you know whatever cargo holds on on the carnival pride mm-hmm. and say okay well now i'm i'm going to learn about nonprofits or going to you know read this music history textbook and you know i <laughs> i'm not a big fan of schoenberg <laughs> and neither but i have to sell it to him for for an hour um and yeah so i think that that, that was definitely something i didn't didn't know or expect, but I think has been really valuable and, and makes me continually like ask, ask questions or realize like, you know, I just don't really know very much, you know, about anything, whether it's jazz or drums or just things like that. And just kind of getting to a place where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to, to ask questions or, or, you know, just, just follow up and, and kind of be stupid or like, you know, sing in front of people or whatever. And I think that that's, just kind of been something that I would not have seen myself doing as like, you know, a, a jazz drum set specialist when I was, you know, <laughs> 22 or something with all of, all of that, uh, yep. World, worldly experience and, uh, yep. Readiness to go, go tackle everything. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you certainly have embodied, you know, that flexibility within your life and career. <laughs> Attempting to, oh, I think, I think you are. 
So that's Chris Teal, and I think that his path is really one that can show you that you don't have to know exactly what you want to do. You don't have to know exactly where you're going to end up to get started and to pursue a life in music. You know, he went to several colleges for his undergrad and went out and worked and got experience. Uh, I think that's super important. Not a lot of people do that. Sometimes people just kind of continue with school because they just want to not be unemployed. You know, they want they don't have a clear direction. But uh, going out on a cruise ship or just even working in town, wherever you're from, you know, I did the same thing. I took a year off. I didn't do a cruise ship, but I took a year off between degrees because for me, I wanted to make sure that I was ready to go to New York and that I was ready for musically all the rigors and trying to practice a lot and, and get myself together in that way, but also get experience teaching and get experience hustling gigs and playing all different sorts of gigs and what it means to do all that kind of stuff. And there's no better way to learn it than just by doing it. So if you haven't considered taking time off or actually working as a musician to see if you enjoy the life of a musician, uh, I highly recommend maybe you check that out first before you decide I'm going to spend $100,000 and move to New York and study jazz. So to contrast Chris's experience, we're going to chat with a drummer who you may know from playing with Kurt Rosenwinkle and many, many others. He's played with me a bunch and uh, we've done some touring together. Alan Medinard is a great drummer and great guy. He is a born and raised New York City kid, went to school here. You know, growing up in New York, he had a much different experience probably than most of us growing up in whatever place around the country, not having exposure to all the high level music and all of that sort of thing. But, you know, his considerations for going to school were just as similar to anyone else's and just happened to be in New York. So I think it's very interesting how his path is going to contrast with Chris Teal's and even my own. Uh, I always enjoy having conversations with Alan and uh, I hope you enjoyed it just as well. My name is Alan Mednard, born and raised from Queens, New York. I uh, went to the City College of New York, the CUNY City University of New York uh, program for a jazz performance. Uh, stayed there for four years, just undergrad, uh, and I uh, studied with uh, Carl Allen when I was there. Uh, good times. <laughs> yeah, and so, and where did, did you didn't go to LaGuardia, right? You went to... <laughs> Um, I went to a Bayside High School in Queens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so when did you decide that you were going to pursue a further education in jazz? Uh, probably like, I would say junior year of high school. That's when I really started getting into music a little bit more seriously, checking out recordings, started seeing some shows. Uh, a lot of just peers and friends were into it at the time and yeah, junior year of high school, I was like, yeah, let me just go to school for this and see what happens. So it was just kind of like on a lark, or was it you had always not, been kind of into it? or Not on a lark. Like, I, I got I got into music in, the, in, like, middle school. Like, I actually started out on clarinet in seventh grade. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then in high school, I switched to drums. And, yeah, just a lot of friends and close friends were into music at the time. And, you know, we'd, like... We'd have like early, early band practice. It would have the zero period. It'd be like 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And we all just get there and just like practice tunes and stuff and listen to different recordings that teachers were putting on. 
Uh, yeah, and then so I kind of had like an idea early on, but it wasn't until like uh, middle of high school that I really thought, yeah, this is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I had some other experiences outside of school that kind of led led me on to that too. What what were those? Oh yeah, so I did. Um, they used to have the I don't know if they still have it, but they have this like all city music program mm-hmm. yeah, in New York City where it's like all. all Okay, yeah. So, like, I did the uh, concert band. I, I did also the marching band. I didn't make the cut for the jazz band. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did that for a couple of years, and I also did um, uh, the prep uh, the prep program at Queens College. That was, like, run at the time by the late Bob Bowen. Jacob Sachs was there. Brian Dry. Mm. Vinny Sparaza. Mike McGinnis. Uh, Shane Ensley. I might be forgetting it. Dave Ambrosio. There was a lot of great people that were there at the time. And that like really opened me up to like a whole side of playing that I never even thought of before. Yeah, totally. And so, uh, what kind of drew you to, um, Queens or you went to, uh, did you go to city college or Queens college? I forgot. Sorry. Yeah. The, the, the city college. Yeah. City college. Yeah. So what kind yeah. of got you there? Um, it was like one of the only, so at the time it was like only like, a couple schools in the CUNY system that had like, like established music programs. And I, I applied to some other schools, but financially it was just not going to happen. So I ended up at the city college cause it was super affordable. I did get some scholarship money, which was good. And, um, overall, yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was like convenient and also just, uh, it made sense. Cause if, if I did go to out of state or a conservatory, I would have been, and so much debt right now, but I'm debt free, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's that's amazing. So pretty yeah. much, you kind of knew off the bat that you wanted to go somewhere that was like affordable and kind of that was just that was a kind of a priority for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if yeah, if, if I had a like a full scholarship somewhere, I definitely would have t- taken it, but I didn't get anywhere near those offers. So mm-hmm. yeah, it just took, you know. I think I got into some other schools, but I ended up going to the city college because it had it had a pretty good history and like John Patucci was there, right? And um, I knew some other people that were there at the time too, and I was like, yeah, let me give this a shot, and, and I think it worked out. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it worked out just fine. Like, what are some things that you never th- thought you would have to do that now you know you have to do like afterwards? Like, how are your expectations, you know, different than reality? Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. I would say uh, reality is the best learning experience because uh, uh, I definitely learned way more about myself, music, peers, recordings. There's like a, a whole gamut of stuff now that I'm out of school and um, you're like way more on your toes in the real world. In school, you're kind of like sheltered and you know, you have this program, you know, you do X, Y, and Z, but when you get out of school, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, you, you do use some of the tools that you learn, but you you gain and learn way more tools once you're out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I would just say just a lot of musical growth has happened and just, uh, just uh, being way, way more aware. In school, you're kind of not... I mean, you're focused, but not that focused. It's like once you're out of there, you you really get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, 
Sorry, phone's going off here. Um, all good. So, I'm wondering. You know, it seems like to me you kind of always, you know, you knew you wanted to be a performer and kind of just play. Um, do you do any like some teaching as well? Yeah, from time to time I'll do some sub teaching for some friends, and occasionally. I'll like get a, uh, a student from like a school or something like I've gotten some students from like Ithaca College they have like a like a cross program where they they send some kids down to New York to uh to study and also like just take some classes and in the meantime they'll give me like some students to teach them some lessons mm-hmm. and um yeah I don't, I don't have like a, a formal like teaching gig or anything like that mm-hmm. uh, so so when you talk to those students and I imagine they ask you like what it's like to be in New York and kind of what you know whether they should transfer to a school in New York or something like that so when you think about jazz education and you have to make a recommendation to students in terms of their furthering their education what do you usually say to them Uh, I would say like if you have like a a concept or something concrete you definitely want to learn from someone or a program I'll try to say seek that first and then if possible because sometimes it's not possible but if you can get if you can go to school in new york that would be a helping hand because the level here is just out of this world in terms of music education and just just the uh music scene you know mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's so much you can learn in school and out of school just by being here for a couple of years or something you know totally um yeah so you ju- you just your top priority to a student would be that they should just come to here to come to New York, no matter what, just to kind of seek out, seek out yeah, learning I, that way. Yeah. I wouldn't say no matter what, but kind of have to have kind of some type of concept, you know, that you want to like, either it's like composition or arranging or performance or mm. whatever. You just kind of have to have something kind of clear. If you kind of go, uh, you know, lackadaisical with it it kind of you could kind of get distracted and pulled into so many different directions that by the end you kind of don't have anything together which is could be fine but you know if you're going to spend a lot of money and you know go in debt it's better to have (laughs) some focus yeah no i agree (laughs) um so what are some things that you have to do now in the real world that you never thought you'd have to do while you were going to school Mm. now uh well, you have to take care of your finances. That's a huge, <laughs> a huge uh, priority once you're out of school. Um, uh, record keeping, you know, making sure you have all your stuff in order for tax, the tax man every year. That's an important thing. Mm. Uh, you know, staying, staying actively sharp, you know, on your instrument or voice or whatever it may be, you know, constantly, you know, checking out stuff and making sure you, you have your A game no matter what type of gig or situation it is. Um, also, just uh, being aware of more of your peers and, you know, checking them out and learning from them. And also the, the elder mentors and stuff, always checking out, you know, the masters whenever they're around. Because, uh, you know, they might not be around much longer. Totally. Um, yeah, and also just, you know, just... Uh, just being self-aware that you know it's not it's not a race or anything and just uh you know just chip away slowly but little as you can and you know things things will happen it just it just takes time you know yeah man i mean 
of all the people I know, you're one of the, you seem like to be the, one of the most patient kind of self-aware guys that I know. <laughs> just kind of like, yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just takes, yeah. It just takes some time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know you never, you kind of, you finished there. What, when, what year did you finish school? Like, yeah. Yeah. I was from, I was there from 2004, 2008. So it's been almost, almost 10 years or nine. Yeah. Nine on 10. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, uh, I mean, a lot of people just kind of by default, just kind of continue on and spend more money and go to more school. What was, uh, your, what was your decision-making process when you just, that you were not going to do a master's and you're just going to get out there and play? Oh, well, I kind of like debated it mm-hmm. like in 09 and uh, 2010, but I don't know. I just, I just kind of got burnt out from school. I mean, it was, it was a great experience, but just the whole, like, you know how it is. There's just, there's just all this other dynamics that people don't really see, you know, that goes right. on with the program. So, um, yeah, I was just kind of like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that right now. And yeah, I just wanted to play more and, you know, you know, make my way, you know, around and, you know, get to know more people and play with more people. And I think, I think that's a good way, um, good way of going about it. Um, cause School is great, but I mean, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that's great. Uh, let's see. I think maybe just have one more question for you. Um, cool. Yeah. No. Thanks for doing this. And uh, no problem, man. I appreciate your time. Um, man. So, if you had to. Uh, I mean, I think I already know the answer to this question, but uh, <laughs> if you had to say, like, was it worth it going to jazz school, or would you say that if you go back, you would just kind of do it on your own? Oh, definitely was worth it. Um, if I were to go back, the only only change I would do is uh, I would just take, f- like, full advantage of every possible music course, like everything. I would have I taken, like, every course if, if I could could have. But yeah. it was definitely worth, it. yeah. Like which which type of courses are you thinking of? Uh, there was like a at one semester there was like a music business thing. It only happened like every other year. The year that it happened, I couldn't take as I had a conflict with another course. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also at City College they have this um, Sonics Arts program where it's like a recording studio and they they only take in like I think like twenty people uh, every like two years. Um, wow. Super selective, um, but it's just pretty much just like a recording studio. You learn the whole like side of recording and engineering. Um, uh, there were also had uh, these different arranging courses and comp courses for like classical and uh, jazz. Um, they had, like these like rhythm section seminars, all these other cool things. But based on your schedule, you you kind of you can't take a lot of those because there's also like core classes you have to take. So. I didn't get a chance to take those, but if I if I had to go back, I would probably just take somehow just stayed longer or something and taken them. Mm-hmm. But but overall, it was definitely worth it. Definitely have a lot of friends that I keep in touch with and still play with to, till this day. And um, yeah, overall, it was it was it was a good time. I didn't like have any like super negative or dark feelings about City College. It was a good time when I was there. Nice. That's Alan Mednard, and this has been Over Here, another podcast by Outsided Music. My name is Nick Finzer, and I hope you 
got something out of listening to both Chris and Alan talk about their experiences, talk about their pathway through music. And I hope you consider that there's more than one way to do this. There's more than one way to enjoy a life in music. You have to do what's right for you, I think. And I hope this podcast kind of illustrated that for you and uh, that it'll help inform you on your decision-making process as your life continues. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here real soon.